Al Bayan Radio presents Prophetic Pearls, a brief explanation of the 40 hadith of Imam al Nawawi presented by Nidal Ayyubi. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Salatu wa Salamu ala Nabina Muhammad wa ala Alihi wa Sahbihi wa Salam. Assalamu alaikum, dear brothers and sisters. Welcome back to our series, Prophetic Pearls, a brief explanation of the 40 hadith of Imam al Nawawi, Rahimullah. This is our second episode where insha'Allah we'll be discussing hadith number two from this great collection of hadith. Today's hadith is the long hadith, the hadith of Jibreel as it's known. And this hadith discusses what is Islam, what is Iman, what is Ihsan, and it speaks about the Day of Judgment and some of its signs. Al-Hadith al-Thani An Umar radiyallahu anhu aydan qal بينما نحن جلوس عند رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ذات يوم إذ طلع علينا رجل شديد بياض الثياب شديد سواد الشعر لا يرى عليه أثر السفر ولا يعرفه منا أحد حتى جلس إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فأسند ركبتيه إلى ركبتيه ووضع كفيه على فخذيه وقال يا محمد أخبرني عن الإسلام فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الإسلام أن تشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأن محمد رسول الله وتقيم الصلاة وتؤتي الزكاة وتصوم رمضان وتحج البيت إن استطعت إليه سبيلا قال صدقت فعجبنا له يسأله ويصدقه قال فأخبرني عن الإيمان قال أن تؤمن بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر وتؤمن بالقدر خيره وشره قال صدقت قال فأخبرني عن الإحسان قال أن تعبد الله كأنك تراه فإن لم تكن تراه فإنه يراك قال فأخبرني عن الساعة قال ما المسؤول عنها بأعلم من السائل قال فأخبرني عن أماراتها قال أن تلد الأمة ربتها وأن ترى الحفاة العرات العالة رعاء الشاء يتطاولون في البنيان ثم انطلق فلبثنا مليا ثم قال يا عمر أتدري من السائل قلت الله ورسوله أعلم قال فإنه جبريل أتاكم يعلمكم دينكم رواه مسلم On the authority of Umar رضي الله عنه who said one day, while we were sitting with the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there came before us a man with extremely white clothing and extremely black hair. There were no signs of travel on him and none of us knew him. He came and sat next to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He supported his knees up against the knees of the Prophet and put his hands on his thighs. He said, A Muhammad, tell me about Islam. The Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Islam is to testify that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. And that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah to establish the prayers, to pay the zakat, 
to fast the month of Ramadan and to make pilgrimage to the house if you have the means to do so. He said you have spoken truthfully or correctly. We were amazed that he asked the question and then he says that he had spoken truthfully. He said, tell me about Iman. He, the Messenger of Allah, responded and said, it is to believe in Allah, his angels, his books, his messengers, the last day, and to believe in the divine decree, both the good and the evil thereof. He said, you have spoken truthfully. He said, tell me about Ihsan. He, the Prophet ﷺ said, it is that you worship Allah as if you see him, and even though you do not see him, you know he sees you. He said, tell me about the time of the hour. He, the Prophet ﷺ answered, the one being asked does not know more than the one asking. He said, tell me about its signs. He answered, the slave girl shall give birth to her master, and you will see the barefooted, scantily clothed, or naked, destitute shepherds, competing in constructing lofty buildings. Then he went away. I stayed for a long time. Then he, the Prophet ﷺ said, Oh Umar, do you know who the questioner was? I said, Allah and his messenger know best. He said, it was the angel Jibreel who came to teach you your religion. And his hadith is found in Sahih Muslim. Now this is one of the most comprehensive hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Touches upon almost every deed of Islam. So this without doubt is one of the greatest hadith. It includes with it all the the outwardly actions, meaning the apparent actions, and also the inwardly actions. And all the sciences of the Sharia return back to it due to it encompassing all the knowledge of the Sunnah. This is why, my dear brothers and sisters, some of the scholars have termed this hadith, they have called it Ummu Sunnah, the mother or the core of the Sunnah. Just as Surah Al Fatiha has been termed Ummul Quran due to it basically containing in a very brief way the entire message of the Quran. Now, according to Ibn Hajar, this incident where the angel Jibreel alayhi salam came in the form of a man took place close to the Prophet's death. And some said it was before the farewell pilgrimage in the 10th year after Hijrah. So they said it was as if the Prophet ﷺ, through the questioning of the angel Jibreel, was summarizing his mission and message. He summarized the essential concepts of Iman, Islam, and Ihsan. Then at the end, he stated that the person was the angel Jibreel who had come to teach them their religion. At the start of the hadith, it mentions the white dress and black hair of the man who entered upon the Prophet ﷺ. Now the ulama said, this is evidence for the beautification of one's appearance when entering upon the scholars, the pious and the kings. Jibreel ﷺ came to teach the people by his appearance, his statements and his actions. Now the fact that this hadith mentions that the man had no sign of travel upon him and yet no one had ever seen him before surprised the Sahaba, the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. So if he did not live amongst them, then how did he just appear from nowhere? In this way, Jibreel ﷺ was able to attract the attention to what he was about to say. And his saying, the man, and Jibreel as we found out, he addressed the Prophet ﷺ by saying, O Muhammad, rather than the respectful, O Messenger of Allah, which was obligatory upon the Sahaba. Said this also helped attain the full attention of the Sahaba. Anhum. We also benefit from this hadith that his questions, Andrew Jabir's questions regarding Islam, Iman, and Ihsan show us that these are three distinct levels, with the level of Ihsan being the highest. So it is very important to note that these terms, when used together, indicate specific meanings. Whereas when used on their own, they may encompass the meanings of the other terms. Now Islam, in its specific meaning, refers to the outwardly apparent actions, such as the shahada, the prayer, the zakat, the hajj, the fasting of the 
the month of Ramadan. So if a person has the basic amount of Iman required of him and then performs these major outward actions, then he is at the level of Islam. Now the term Iman in its specific meaning refers to the inward beliefs of the heart. And for the person to enter the fold of Islam, he must adhere to the basic beliefs mentioned in this hadith. However, in a more general sense, the word Iman means the beliefs and the actions in the heart, the statements of the tongue and the actions of the limbs. For example, the actions of the heart, the aqidah, your beliefs, the fear of Allah, the tawakkul, the love, the statements of the tongue, for example, the dhikr of Allah, saying the shahada, and the actions of the limb are the outward actions, such as prayer and other actions. So if a person achieves the basic outward actions of Islam and then increases upon that in terms of his belief and his other actions, then he rises to the level of Iman. And the term Ihsan refers to the third and the highest level. And that is attained, as mentioned in the hadith, when a person worships Allah as though he sees him. And if he does not see him, then he worships Allah knowing that Allah sees him. The scholars have mentioned, my dear brothers and sisters, that the higher level of worshipping Allah as though one sees him is the level of mushahada. This implies that the person worships Allah seeing the effects of Allah's names and attributes in all the things around him. For example, when he sees mercy shown by an animal to its young, he sees this as the effect of the mercy of Allah upon his creation, and so on and so forth. So whatever the slave of Allah sees around him, he is reminded of the perfect attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second or lower level of ihsan is where the slave is constantly aware of Allah watching him at all times. So this is very briefly the three levels of Islam, Iman and Ihsan. Ihsan being the highest level and if someone who reaches this level is a muhsin, then the one who reaches the level of Iman, he's reached the level of being a mu'min and someone who has the basic level of Islam, he reaches the level of being a Muslim. Now when Islam and Iman are mentioned in the same sentence for example, then they mean one means the actions and the other means the beliefs. Islam means the actions and Iman means the beliefs, the inward beliefs and the Islam means the outward actions. But when they are mentioned separately, they encompass each other. Islam means Iman and Iman means Islam. If they're mentioned separately by themselves. So someone who is a Muhsin, he encompasses all the levels. He reaches the level of Ihsan. And someone who is a Mu'min, he encompasses the level of being a Muslim and being a Mu'min. And someone who reaches the level of Muslim, he is at the basic level. Now, regarding the first part of the hadith where Jibreel asked the Prophet, what is Islam? And the Prophet ﷺ mentions the five pillars of Islam. Inshallah, we'll be leaving the discussion on these five pillars for the next episode. Because hadith number three is about the five pillars of Islam. So now we'll move on to the second part of the hadith. What is Iman? And we'll go into briefly a brief description of each pillar of Iman. Firstly, the Prophet ﷺ, he answered Jibreel by saying Iman is to believe in Allah and tu'mina billahi, to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what is Iman in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Iman in Allah, my dear brothers and sisters, means to confirm and attest and declare that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala exists. So it is to believe in Allah the mighty and sublime by believing that Allah is one without a partner and that he is the one deserving to be worshipped. No one else has a right to be worshipped. And it is also believing in his names and attributes. So the ulama they basically broke up believing in Allah into three categories which became known as the three categories of Tawheed which are Tawheed al-Rububiyyah, Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah and Tawheed 
الْأَسْمَاءِ وَالصِّفَاتِ So what is Tawheed al-Rububiyyah? That is, to believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates and disposes affairs. He gives and takes life and has the power and authority over all things without a partner in all of that. So this is Tawheed al-Rububiyyah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is al-Khaliq, He is al-Malik, He is the Creator. He is the owner, he is al-mudabbir, the controller, and the provider and sustainer. The second category of Tawheed is Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah, or Tawheed al-Ibadah. And this is that no one deserves to be given any worship except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all worship is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the third category is to believe in Allah's names and attributes. So Tawheed al-Asma' wa sifat is to believe in the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To believe in what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has called himself with or what the Prophet sallallahu has called him with or has described him with without any distortion, without rejecting or saying how they are or giving or likening Allah to the creation. So this is very briefly the categories of Tawheed. The next part of Iman is believing in the angels. We have to believe that they are one of the creatures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his soldiers. Allah created them from light as the Prophet said and the angels they have specific duties which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has assigned them. For example Jibreel is assigned with the revelation, Mikael is assigned with the rain and vegetation, Israfil is assigned with blowing into the horn, and there's also amongst them Malik al maut the angel of death who takes the souls, and some of them are assigned with other duties, such as the ones who write the deeds of the children of Adam. The third pillar of Iman is to believe in the books, in the revealed books. So that is to believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed books to his messengers, which are from his speech and revelation. And they contain his laws, his orders and his prohibitions. He revealed them to his messengers, alayhim salam, so that the truth can be explained and falsehood can be prohibited and for the guidance of people. And the books are many, my dear brothers and sisters. Allah only knows about all of them. But those he has mentioned are the Torah, Al-Zabur, Al-Injil, and Al-Quran, and also the Suhaf, the scrolls of Ibrahim and Musa. So we believe in all the books, those mentioned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those that he has not mentioned. And obviously the greatest of them is the Quran. The fourth pillar, my dear brothers and sisters of belief, is to believe in the messengers. So we have to believe in the messengers of Allah from the first of them to the last of them. Those mentioned by Allah and those which have not been mentioned. So we must believe in all of them. Whoever rejects any one of them has disbelieved. Even if he was to believe in all of them and reject one, he has disbelieved. So these messengers, my dear brothers and sisters that Allah sent, prophets and messengers, they are truthful in all that they have conveyed about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we believe and attest that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them miracles as proof of their truthfulness and that they conveyed and explained the message which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered them with. Also, we must respect and honor them, all of them, from Adam alayhi salam until Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The fifth pillar of Iman is to believe in the last day. And the last day, my dear brothers and sisters, is the day of judgment. And it is called last since it is the last stage of man. Now man, he goes through four stages. The first stage is in the womb of his mother. The second stage is the life of this world, the dunya. The third stage is the barzakh, and that is the grave. And the barzakh is a barrier closing off the next life from this life by which none can return after crossing it. So when someone dies, he enters the stage of the barzakh, the interspace, the interval, the time period between the life of this dunya, this worldly life, and the day of judgment. And the fourth stage is the last day. There is no stage after it. Either he will go to Jannah, 
or he will go to hell. And belief in the last day is inclusive. Just as Sheikh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he said, is everything that the Prophet ﷺ informed of that will occur after death. This includes what will happen in the grave of the dead being asked about his Lord, his religion and his Prophet, as well what will happen in the grave of bliss or punishment. In other words, to believe in the last day is to believe in everything that happens after death. From death until either paradise or hell, we ask Allah to make us from the people of paradise. And the final pillar of Iman mentioned in this hadith is the belief in Al-Qadr, divine decree, the good and bad thereof. And it is to believe in four matters. Number one, to believe that Allah encompasses everything by His knowledge. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's knowledge encompasses all things. So Allah has knowledge of everything. Two, is to believe that Allah has written everything until the establishment of the hour in the prescribed tablet. Allah al And we know the hadith where the Prophet says that 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth, Allah ordered the pen to write and it wrote everything that's going to happen until the day of judgment. Three, is to believe that everything which occurs is in existence by the will of Allah, the Mashiach. So everything happens by Allah's will. Nothing can escape His will. And finally, it is to believe that Allah created everything. Allah created everything. Everything is the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are many ayat in the Quran which mention the belief in the pillars of Iman, such as in Surah An-Nisa, Allah says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, aminu billahi wa rasoolihi wal kitab alladheena azzala ala rasoolihi wal kitab والكتاب الذي أنزل من قبل ومن يكفر بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر واليوم الآخر فقد ضل ضلالا بعيدا you have believed believe in Allah and his messenger and the book that he sent down upon his messenger and the scripture which he sent down before. And whoever disbelieves in Allah, his angels, his books, his messengers, and the last day has certainly gone far astray. And Allah says towards the end of Surah Al-Baqarah, <laughs> لا نفرق بين أحد من رسله وقالوا سمعنا وأطعنا غفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير the messenger has believed in what was revealed to him from his Lord, and so have the believers. All of them have believed in Allah and his angels and his books and his messengers, saying, we make no distinction between any of his messengers, and they say we hear and obey. We seek your forgiveness, our Lord, and to you is the final destination. Allah also says in Surah Al-Furqan, He to whom belongs the dominion of the heavens and the earth and who has not taken a son and has not had a partner in dominion and has created everything and determined it, with precise determination. And Allah also says in Surah Al-Qamar, Indeed, all things we created with predestination. This is briefly the pillars of Iman. 
And as we said, we just addressed them briefly to give the brothers and sisters a brief idea of the pillars of Iman. And obviously the books of Aqidah address these issues in much more detail. The next part of the hadith is about Ihsan. Ihsan is goodness or perfection of worship in another translation. And just to recap, it is that a person worships Allah as though he sees him. So this is the perfect and most complete level of Ihsan as translated perfection in worship and if he's not able to reach this state then he reaches the second level which is to worship Allah out of fear in knowing that Allah sees him Prophet ﷺ said and if you are not able to see him then know he sees you and if you're not able to worship Allah as though you see him then he sees you then know that he sees you then Jibreel ﷺ asked the Prophet ﷺ about the day of judgment and the Prophet ﷺ replied to him that the one question knows no better than the questioner this shows that even the Prophet ﷺ had no knowledge of when the last hour will be this knowledge is exclusively with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the Prophet some of the signs of the hour. And the Prophet mentioned two signs. One being that the slave girl should give birth to her mistress. Now the scholars have said that this could mean that the people will degenerate to such an extent that they will sell their woman slaves from whom they have already had children, then these children may unwittingly buy their mothers as slaves and thus become their masters. Others have suggested that the children will become so bad-mannered that they will treat their parents as though they were slaves. And obviously we see this in today's society. May Allah protect us. Shaykh Ibn Athimir in his commentary on this hadith, he said the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that from the signs of the hour is that the slave girl gives birth to her female slave. Meaning that the woman who is the slave girl gives birth to a female that becomes rich, that she possesses what her mother has. And this is a figurative expression indicating expendant growth and abundance of wealth and it's dispersing among the people. The second sign of the hour the Prophet ﷺ mentioned is that the poor, naked, destitute shepherds will compete with one another in building tall buildings. So we only have to look at the Arabian Peninsula today to see how the people who were desert Bedouins only a few decades ago were now competing with one another, constructing lofty skyscrapers. And at the end of the hadith, Prophet ﷺ told them that it was Jibreel, the man asking the questions, it was Jibreel who came to teach you your religion. So he was not asking in order to learn, he was only asking in order to impart knowledge. So this contains evidence that questions and answers are from the means of giving knowledge. And as we know, it is a well-known and good method of education. And the Prophet ﷺ saying he came to teach you your religion contains evidence that this religion is taken by learning it. It is not taken from customs and cultural practices and innovations and new invented matters. It is taken by learning. So to summarize this hadith and to conclude, we take from this hadith that this religion has has levels which are Islam, Iman and Ihsan and we said that Islam, the first level being Islam, has five pillars and we're going to discuss these five pillars in our next episode ta'ala, when we discuss hadith number three. The second level is the level of Iman which is higher than Islam and its pillars are six and we discuss them very briefly. And the third level which is the highest is Ihsan and it is to worship Allah as though you see him. And the final part of this hadith is where the Prophet mentioned some of the signs of the hour and this shows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed mankind with the knowledge of some of the signs of the hour. And these signs that we see occurring is a reminder for us about the coming of the hour. There are many minor signs as we have discussed in other episodes, other lessons regarding the end of days, regarding the end of times, regarding the minor and major signs of the hour. So when these happen around us, this should be a reminder for us that the hour is coming, that judgment is coming. So this should remind us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees and knows all things and he knows what we are doing. 
where we're doing now and soon will be judged accordingly on the day of judgment. We ask Allah to allow us to benefit from what we heard. Allahu alam. This is all we have time for today, my dear brothers and sisters. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.